Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast where we talk about what it means to live the ancient faith in modern times. I'm Andrew Stroud. What's the difference between living a full life and being trapped in a busy one? Modern life has given us mobility, opportunity, and freedom to pursue experiences that would have been unimaginable to our grandparents. Technology enables us to pack more and more into our daily schedule. Things that used to require time and dedicated focus, tasks like washing clothes or dishes, shopping for food and goods, or even cooking, are now often automated and outsourced. The internet provides us with unlimited ways to lose ourselves in work or to distract ourselves with play. The bottom line is this, life in the modern age is busy and only getting busier. What does that mean for those of us who are called to be still and know God? On this week's show, I'm joined by Patrice Johnson and we talk about the antidote to busyness and how we can live the good life by keeping the focus on Christ. Patrice, thank you so much for joining us here on Into the Harvest. Uh, we had a conversation a few years back, but it's been too long. So I am really grateful for you making time to, to be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Andrew. For those who don't know your story or didn't watch that episode a few years back, tell us a little bit about how you came to faith and the, the people and events and circumstances that have really shaped your faith journey. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know what, Andrew, I think much of my journey, um, God has used pain and people to draw me to himself. I and mean, if you could sum it up, um, I grew up going to church um, around the age 10. I prayed a salvation prayer, but I felt distant and disconnected from God. Um, like I believe he existed, but I just didn't understand why he was allowing so much evil and injustice in my life. So I had a pretty rough childhood, a lot of abuse. Um, I was the oldest sibling or the oldest child, uh, of a single mother. So I just had all the pressures of, um, trying to do everything right, trying to hold everything together, um, holding on to secrets and things that should have come to the light. And, uh, huge turning point for me. Uh, my family had hit rock bottom and, Typically, when life would get really hard, my mother would get us back into church because she grew up going to church. And at age 13, um, we were actually uh, struggling to the point where we didn't have a place to live. And we had just um, moved in with my grandmother and we started going to this church and the church took us to this camp. And I heard John 8:32 for the first time. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, that's then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And back then, I didn't have any deep theological, uh, understanding, uh, of that passage. But for me, I was really gripped by this idea that, um, that Jesus was truth and he had truth that could set me free. Um, and that was paramount for me, um, that, uh, Jesus wanted to save me from myself, that I did not have to be my own savior, that I didn't have to, to bear the weight um, in trying to make life work that he could do that for me. So that was huge, uh, as a teenager. Um, and then, uh, the problem with during that phase though, my, my teenage years is that I was going to church. I was learning about God. Um, and I had some, some, some courage 
to some degree, but I was greatly limited because I really didn't have any models to kind of help me figure out how to actually walk with Jesus or to teach me what next. Um, and so that what next came in college, um, my freshman year, um, had some amazing roommates who helped me understand that Jesus didn't just only want to be savior, but also Lord. Um, and I was making big decisions about career and relationships. And I realized like God actually wants to be, uh, the, the, the ruler or the Lord of all those things. And so was learning that Jesus was savior and he was Lord. But then shortly thereafter, I met the navigator, um, the navigators were, of course, we met Andrew, where I was introduced to this thing called discipleship. And that just kind of blew the door off the hinges in terms of understanding that God not only came as my savior, he wanted to be my Lord, but he brought me purpose as well. Um, and he wanted me to be his disciple, um, who he uh, reproduced uh, himself through um, as a disciple maker. And that was huge for me because um I pretty much was on a path to find my own significance through career and money and really trying to get away uh, from any ounce of um, just poverty or uh, struggle that I had growing up. So when I met the NAVs, I realized that, hey, Jesus is not just looking for people to uh, check off a box, make a commitment to go to heaven, and then we're waiting around. There's actually, you know, Matthew 419, come follow me. Uh, so this lifelong process of following him, and I will make you, there's this transformation of him uh, helping us embrace his mission where we then become uh, fishers of men or disciples, disciple makers. And that changed my life, changed my life to the <laughs> point where here I am, uh, almost 25 years later, uh, actually serving with the navigators, uh, as a full-time missionary. So, um, so God has been so faithful to me, Andrew, and I am just, I'm honored, honored to uh, be called his daughter and honored to be a part of this great work. Our paths crossed either in late 90, either in the late nineties, like 99, maybe even 2000. I'm, I'm trying to remember now, but it's been a joy to just, and our paths have kind of uh, woven together, um, since then, but we've definitely stayed connected and it's, it's been a joy to, to watch you go from that, that young woman in her early twenties, uh, single college student to married to mother, which by the way, happy, happy mother's day, a a day (laughs) late. We're recording this just after mother's day, 2023. So thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a joy. I mean, some of the themes that you just shared, I think are so exciting to me. I mean, you talked, and I think that they, they tend to be some of the guideposts that we see throughout mm-hmm. our life of, of faith. So one is, is the Lord offering us new life and hope um, and rescue, you know, like you said, a freedom that he offers to us when, when we put our faith in him and mm-hmm. he saves us from the, uh, from being lost, from, from being, um, burdened, mm-hmm. uh, by, by life. The journey of life uh, oftentimes comes with a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt. Um, but then finding out that he also is alive, that Jesus is not just someone who is offering to save us, but he, he wants us, he wants to call the shots in our life. Yes. And I think for a lot of us, that's, that's a realization that maybe comes after Mm-hmm. The, the realization that he's offering to save us. But then mm-hmm. also um, you talked about discipleship, which is really the how to. Well, 
mm-hmm. Jesus wants to call the shots, how do we go about learning to, to, deter, to discern his will and follow it? And then, of course, purpose, mm-hmm. that he actually has a, a work that he's calling us to, which is the family business is what we often refer to it as. And we were talking just a little bit before we started recording about how Jesus is active in the world today. He's, he's building his church. He's still calling men and women to follow him, but he wants us to be part of that, of that work. He's using us to call others to come to know and follow him. Amen. Yes, absolutely. And, um, Andrew, you, you kind of rewind it back a bit. I think it's so neat to think about. I mean, I guess I was in my early twenties when I got to actually live with both you and Cindy. I think you all just had two kids at the time. I think it was Hannah and Kai and, yep. uh, you guys were, boy, you all were an incredible example to me of, uh, faithful disciples and disciple makers. And part of that, um, just foundation that was laid that, Hey, you can do this. You can do this. Uh, even when life is busy, you can do it with kids. Um, you can do it as a mom. Um, so yeah, brother. <laughs> well, that's the theme that we really want to, to hone in on today is busyness and especially business, busyness as we move into the middle years of life. And in my mind, I'm thinking basically between late twenties through mid forties. So if you're listening or watching this right now and, and you're not in that range, maybe you haven't quite hit it yet, or maybe you're, you're on the other side. I, I hope this conversation is still valuable to you. If nothing else, you'll know what's coming or you'll have a, an appreciation for how to help people. If you're further along in life, maybe how to help people who are wrestling with the busyness of life in those in those middle years. Uh, because I, I do think they present some unique challenges. And like you said, once you start having kids and having a family and a career to continue to put Christ first and seek first the kingdom and to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, that becomes a challenge, not because you lose the heart for it, but because it's just tough to fit everything in. So we, we want to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great conversation because, like you said, we've both we've known each other for about 25 years. So I think we're both in that stage, although I would say Cindy and I are are sort of just coming out of it. Our uh, youngest. Yeah, our youngest son, Jackson, is 17. Uh, He's a junior in high school. So uh, we're almost empty nesters. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is amazing how life goes. So, well, tell us, before we dive into that, just tell us a little bit about where you're at now. I know you said you're working with the Navigators, so tell us where you're at in the world and, and what life and ministry looks like for you these days. Sure, yeah, I can do that. So, uh, Andrew, you know, uh, uh, my husband and I, uh, Dexter, we serve with the Navigators in the military context. So we were um, missionaries to the U.S. military in Charleston, South Carolina, and we did that. Uh, for most of our marriage for uh, almost 15 years. Um, And then right when COVID hit, we moved to Cincinnati, which interesting enough uh, is where I was born and raised. And I actually, uh, jokes on me, I made a vow that I would never come back to this place. But uh, the Lord really put on our hearts and my husband's hearts first that this place would be a good place for us to come to. Um, But the navigators um, asked me to come Uh, to serve as the city director uh, of 
the the Navig Cincinnati Navigator Ministries. And basically what that is, um, it's a role where all of the Navigator Discipleship Ministries here um, basically work collectively to collaborate on how to reach our city for Christ. Um, so we have campus ministry, we have inner city ministry, we have ministry in neighborhoods, we partner with churches. Um, and we recognize that the navigators is just a piece of the kingdom of God. Um, we can't do it. Not one person, not one group. Uh, and really the navigators can't even do it on their own, that there are, uh, laborers, faithful laborers all throughout the city that are really trying to advance the gospel of Jesus. And, uh, Jesus has called us to function as a body. So, um, I'm having a fun time just, uh, kind of creating networks and, uh, thinking creatively on how we can do what we can to take advantage of how the nations are in our cities. Um, I think there's a statistic that says by like 2030, um, 70, 70 to 75% of the world population will be in the U S cities. So, um, cities is a really strategic place to just think strategically on how to reach the different ethnic groups and people groups that flock to cities. So, uh, that's what I do kind of from a, uh, I could say 10,000 feet is kind of the big picture. And then honestly, <clears throat> a lot of our ministry is right here in our neighborhood and, uh, and, and among our, our kids who are in the preteen age, so a lot of ministry and discipleship among them. So, yeah. So you've been in this role for a few years now. Um, what have you seen as been, have been some of the biggest challenges and also some of the most encouraging things that, that you've been able to experience over the past couple of years? Well, I mean, like everybody with COVID, uh, <laughs> COVID changed so much, um, some for good and some for bad. Um, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing I'm, I'm seeing is how fatigued people are. Uh, people are tired. Um, you know, people, um, there's this, this interesting um kind of tension between people who are not wanting to work, um, but yet people are worn out. I mean, people are utilizing social media more. Um, I think there's more distractions um, than we've had before. Um, things pulling out at us that didn't before. So it's almost like we have, <clears throat> we have um, more distractions, but in some sense, it's like we created them. Uh, because of the trends of just social media and uh, uh, technology. And I think technology, the, the rate at which it's um, creating all these new possibilities to make life more efficient, I think has created more addictions and I think has created more, uh, more distractions from, especially if Christians, what God has called us to um, so I, I think those are some of the big things I'm saying. And there's some statistics out that says, um, you know, Christians, um, even Christians are, are compromising their priorities and spending time with Jesus um, with the pressure of just keeping busy with all the things that is coming at them. Uh, and um, I think a lot of that, again, has to do with how the rate of change of technology and newness that just kind of is constantly bombarding us and our, uh, pulling our attention away from God. So. I agree. And there's, we were, I wanted to get us there because we're going to be talking about busyness, but I, I wanted to also talk about distraction. I think these two things are 
connected, but they are distinct. And we had a conversation a few, about a month back on the podcast with Samuel James on technology in particular and the internet specifically, social media, and how that is distracting us and the implications that has for our life of faith and the calling that God has for us to be his agents in the material world. So we're not going to do a deep dive on that in this conversation, but if folks are interested in that, I hope they'll go back and, and listen to that conversation if they haven't yet. But do you see a distinction between busyness and distraction? And if so, how would you describe those two things being distinct? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I definitely see a strong correlation of, of busyness and distraction, which is really interesting. I honestly, Andrew, I think, uh, busyness within itself can be a, can be an idol or a God that distracts us from what's important. Um, I, I think so much about the story of Mary and Martha, um, and poor Martha, she gets beat up anytime <laughs> people talk about the story, yeah. but Martha and Thomas, you know, these, these poor souls, they were probably <laughs> great followers of Jesus, but <laughs> right, right. I know, but poor Martha, you know, when we, we read the story, um, I, I think, you know, people in the world would see Martha and go, good job. Look at that hardworking woman. Look at her. But Mary, she's sitting at the feet of the, uh, Jesus. She's not doing anything. Like we would probably call her lazy, but Jesus saw the situation totally different. He affirmed Mary um, and he exhorted Martha for being distracted. Um, and so I think that, um, and I, I think this is part of my story too, um, especially bring in a, in a family or a home that was, you know, where there's a lot of brokenness. I used, uh, busyness to, as an escape, if you will. Um, if that makes sense, I think busyness could be an escape away from dealing with your heart issues, your family issues, um, and maybe even some deeper issues that Jesus is trying to um, wanting to confront you with. And so I think busyness in itself, um, is just, is such an interesting thing because, um, busyness a lot of times leads to, like I said, lead to accolades. Um, it could lead to promotion. It could lead to quick affirmation. Um, but you could be busy doing a lot of things that are not necessarily what God has called you to do. Um, I think about Matthew six thirty three. um, they were called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I think, uh, Christian organizations, churches, uh, <laughs> for the most part, they, they have things that they're trying to accomplish and they're looking for people who are willing to be workers. And typically people who are busy are people who say yes to a lot of things because they view themselves as the solution to whatever this organization or church is trying to accomplish. And so, um, so I think it's interesting. I think busyness clearly um, is linked to distraction because I think busyness can be deceiving, uh, especially if it's a means to get our self-worth, if, if, if that makes sense. And that's definitely been true of me. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I have, I mean, when I was not walking with God, 
like I said, busyness was used as a means to escape. I, and even in high school, I hated being at home, um, you know, because it was life was tough, but I could escape away with school and uh, even doing a lot of good things. Uh, but I was not dealing with deeper things of my heart. And after I became a Christian, um, you know, churches, Christian organizations, they, they will offer you uh busyness. They offer you a lot of things. And a lot of times it's at the expense of John, what we're called to do in John 15, that's abide in him, abiding deeply in Jesus, getting that deep time, that rich uh, intimacy. And we know that's where the transformation takes place is when we're deeply abiding in him, spending time in the word and um, practicing uh, just those, those times away like Jesus did. One, there's a word that I want to hone in on that you shared there as a connection between busyness and distraction. And, and you, you use the word escape or escapism, the idea that our busyness can oftentimes be a way of avoiding dealing with something important, um, or it, it can be a distraction that, that pulls us away from something that's truly significant in life. So I, I appreciate you making that point. I think that, um, Many of us, busyness just becomes the default pace of life, that if we're not operating at a certain speed in life, if we aren't cramming as much as possible into our, our daily lives, we feel like we're missing out. And that's where I think there can often be a connection between being too busy or choosing to distract ourselves on social media or the Internet whenever we have this down moment, we try to fill it. And oftentimes I think that's driven by a, a fear of, of missing out on something or just an un, a discomfort that we now have as modern people with dead space or yes. quietness. And with Jesus, there were obviously times that he was very busy. We read in Mark's gospel that there were so many people coming and going that he didn't have time to eat. So it isn't that there won't be stretches of life that are full and, and require our attention. So that's, that's really not what we're talking about here, but busyness that actually pulls us away from the person of Christ or his call on our lives, which is really what we saw with the story there with Martha, that Jesus was there and Martha was so busy serving, doing good things, that she she missed that moment with Jesus himself. Yes. So, you know, what what are some signs that that you can think of that we're too busy? Not not that we'll never have a full life, but that we're too busy to the point that we're missing Jesus and we're missing out on his call. Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> honestly, my, my husband and my children probably could answer that question uh very quickly because they they know when 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 uh mom is is out of whack and um you know the big things for me is i become complaining i begin to grumble um and which is exactly what uh and, and compare which is what martha did right she complained to jesus you know you know basically look look at all the work i'm doing you know or aren't you going to say something to her so it's that uh that complaining and just kind of grumbling about what you're doing. I think for me too, I think a lot about, um, if I've said yes to something, then, and it's for the Lord that I want to be able to do it with excellence. Um, 
And if I can't do things with excellence, there's a possibility I've put too much on my plate. Um, so I call it like cutting corners or or um, doing things half-heartedly. Um, that's that's a, a red flag for me. Um, I think another thing is just like compromising my convictions. So one of the things I've built into, a couple of things I've built into my let's, my weekly schedule is I try to take Monday uh, as, a, as a full day off to do some reflection and deep time with God. And then Friday after 12 o'clock, I try not to do anything in ministry where I'm meeting with people, doing any intentional uh, kind of outward ministry. I really try to make that time of reflection um, and then family time. But uh, when I begin to compromise and say, oh, OK, I'll, I won't get that time of rest and I let other people kind of into those spaces that are critical for me to be rejuvenated with Jesus. Um, you know, I, I think I can see I can see uh, when that becomes problematic. And a lot of that is seen in the way I treat people. I start to um my personality, I can be a taskmaster. Um, so my kids are like, Mom, are you okay? You seem mean. You seem short. <laughs> so my kids will remind, will tell me, my, my husband will tell me. And when I become, um, like my husband sometimes, he says, am I going to get um, task-oriented business Patrice or am I get the my my nice, kind, loving Patrice, you know? So, um, so I'm grateful for my honest husband and family, but... Um, if the busyness starts to impact the way I treat and love people, it defeats the purpose because that's the goal, right? That we love people. <laughs> so th well, those, I would say those are probably my, my big personal red flags, uh, Andrew, that I've just, I need to push pause, throttle back and reevaluate and look at the personal convictions, which really for me kind of set the boundaries, um, of what I should be doing, whether my, my convictions as a wife my convictions as a mother, um, and just as a, as a follower of Jesus. So I think, uh, that, and in some ways that I think that's part of the solution to like knowing what your convictions are around, um, your calling. So. Yes. That's, 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 that's a great dashboard that you just gave people things to be on the lookout for as symptoms that you are too busy or that you're you're busy with the wrong thing. So I know you mentioned several things there. Um, one is just your attitude. If you begin to complain or or compare your life with someone else's and you feel like you're doing more than then others aren't living up to their expectations and then your attitude towards others. Um, yeah, so, so many great things there. You also mentioned boundaries, which there's a book by that name boundaries. And I, I think that's a, a book that everyone should read, especially as they move into the middle years of life. Uh, because it's one of the things that you have to learn. Uh, busyness comes in large part when we can't say no, when we say yes to too many things. Yes. So being able to say no, I, I once heard someone teach on Hebrews 5a, where it says that although he was a son, Jesus learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Mm. And the, the, the teacher here, he made the, the case that the way Jesus learned obedience was not so much in terms of right versus wrong, because Jesus always obeyed. We know the scriptures teach us that he, he didn't sin. So he didn't learn obedience in, in the same way that we do, where we've been living the wrong way. And now we have to learn to begin living the right way. Jesus was always obeying in that sense. Mm -hmm. But what he did have to learn was 
to limit himself to the work that the father had sent him to do. And, and you really see that once you begin to uh, adopt that, that lens, and especially in the gospel of John, so many times Jesus says that he only spoke the words that had been given to him by the father. He only did the work that the father had sent him to do. Mm-hmm. He only went to the people that the father had sent him to. And so you begin to pick up that Jesus purposely limited himself. And this was the sense in which he, he learned obedience. He, he learned to limit his life and his activities to those things that the father had called him to do. And so this idea yeah. of withdrawing that you shared, you, you talked about doing it on Monday and then Friday evenings. Let's move a little bit into, let's move from that dashboard of how can you know that you're too busy to how can you begin to remedy that? How can you begin to counteract that? So one thing you did mention that you do is you take these, these spaces in your week. What does it look like for you on Monday or Friday? Is that just downtime or are there things that you purposely try to do to recalibrate and reconnect with God's call? Yeah, that's a good question. There's usually a mixture of both. Um, I have a very busy mind. Um, I'm a strategic thinker. I, I like to look back. I like to do a lot of reflection. And so I have to do uh, some things that are mindless to kind of get me uh, just kind of settled, if you will. Um, but during that time, I really like to do reflection. I like to think through um, repetitive thinking and patterns that are not in alignment with God. So it's usually a time of repentance. Um and so was a, I usually try to make it a, a very introspective time, uh, Andrew, uh, initially, just to kind of get right with God. Because I think in the busyness from Tuesday to, to early Friday, uh, a lot has happened relationally. Um, I think about, you know, have I offended someone? Um, bring your gift to the altar. That that whole concept of not coming to God until you... Uh, you've worked things out. So there's a lot of just personal reflection, uh, about my own walk and then my relationship with other people. Um, and, and then usually I just try to get some downtime and rest, uh, which as a wife and a mom in, uh, in the role that I'm in, um, I have to be very, very intentional. My husband has to remind me to put my phone down. Don't bring the laptop, <laughs> while we're trying to watch a movie because I like to be productive. Um, it's just the way I'm wired. Um, and so it's also this intentionality in practicing being fully present um, because I'm such a forward thinker and uh, a reflector. I, I, my, the way I'm wired, I live in the future or I live in the past. So practicing um, being fully present with people. And I think Jesus did that so well, when he was with people, he was with people. He understood their context, uh, where he could change his language to connect with them. And even um, doing things like that, that seems small. But I really think Jesus was the master at being fully present with people. And as a mom, I want to be fully present with my children. When I'm with my husband, I want to honor him. I want to be fully present with him when I'm with friends. So um, that's a lot of what happens uh, during the, those time frames. If I could summarize some of what I just heard you say, um, because this is kind of what the way my mind works is I try to think about, okay, there's so much good stuff in there, but so one is just to create space. It sounds like you purposely try to create space within your weekly rhythm 
regardless of what you do with that time, you're blocking out some time where you might say uh, you're able to withdraw and to pull away from the normal routine of life. I think that's great. And then another thing that you do is you reflect and a great way to do that like you already suggested, was to think through the relationships, who are the people that God has put in your life, and how are you doing in terms of uh, stewarding those relationships, whether they're within your family or in the, work, in the workplace or in your neighborhood, just social connections that you have. Um, but then also in terms of, of our schedule, uh, one thing that has been helpful for me is I use a... a journaling book, which is also a planner. It's called the full Fo focus planner. And it really helps you kind of set the tone for your day. If you, if you use it the way it's designed to be used every day, you start off and you basically preview the day in terms of, uh, appointments or tasks that you have, but there's also a weekly review and preview where you, you look back on the week that just ended. And then you look forward to the week that's coming. And I find that that often helps me, um, regain perspective when it uh, comes to life. And then you talked about being present. So just being mindful that if you if you're in a certain place with a certain group of people, um, not trying to multitask, especially when it comes to being with someone being fully present in that moment. So those are uh, those are some great tips. Anything else that uh, you would suggest that that's helpful for you? Yeah, yeah, I, I use something very similar too. I have uh, something called a high can't see that the high performance planner. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of same concept where you're able to um, assess. Uh, like think about your day before you started. You can assess your day at the end of the day. You can think about your month, your week. And I think it's kind of a, a way to, I think about um, to stay aligned with your call, what God has called you to. Um, again, because if you don't, especially in this busy life with kids and all that, you can find yourself doing a lot of things. It can be good things, but I think this, this, gives me a picture of what I'm really doing. Um, and if it's in alignment with God has called me to. So I think any type of, uh, planning or journaling to kind of give you a picture of what you've really got going on, um, is really good. And then I also use that time too, Andrew, I didn't say this. I use that time, um, to go take some deeper dives into the word, like whatever I got out of my quiet time. Sometimes there's like, Oh my goodness, this week, the word, whatever stood out. I want to kind of do a word study and kind of investigate it a little bit more. So it's just kind of that, that deeper abiding time of just, uh, seeking some things out that I sensed God's putting, uh, putting on my heart or burdening my heart for. It's so true because we can get so busy with life. A, a lot of times, maybe the default is we're just going from thing to thing. So if there's not some way or some regular routine that we're able to develop to put our heads up and look around and try to determine, am I on track? The things that I'm doing, the things, instead of just going to the next thing, occasionally we need to stop and look around. And there's some things that you need to stop doing. Um, because they don't fit with what God has called you to. They're not life-giving. Uh, and, and like you said, those can be good things. They, they're not all necessarily things that are obviously wrong or useless. Uh, oftentimes right. they're, they're very positive things. They're just not the things that you're supposed to be doing. So, yeah. so building that 
that routine into your life where you're able to, to take stock of what you've been doing and what you need to do in the week ahead is, is so important. One thing that we've kind of touched on a few times is knowing your calling. Mm-hmm. Because really, if you don't know what you have been called to, then all of these uh, patterns and, and processes of trying to come back and realign with that calling, uh, they don't really help you. So you, you kind of have to have the, the bullseye or the direction set. Yes. What would you say to people that are listening who, who might think, hey, I'm very busy and I don't even know what God has called me to in this, in this life. How can they begin to get that clarity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first and foremost, uh, when it comes to calling, you need to pray um, and just ask to God to give you wisdom on uh, what um, what he's called you to focus on in a particular season. Because I think calling can change. It changes every season. It's changed for me as a single woman. I try to write out like different mission statements. My my personal mission statement as a single woman was different from when I got married. My my mission statement as a as a married woman had the focus of, of of you know partnering and loving my husband. Um, when we had children, it, it expanded. You know, when we moved to Cincinnati and we're thinking about our neighborhood, um, the, the 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 calling, if you will, um, would take different. Um, flavors. And so the calling, I think, like he said, is just asking God for, for wisdom and clarity on what's your bullseye in that particular season. Um, and, but I think calling is also directly linked to, um, two other things. Um, and there's probably more, but for me, I think it's linked to, um, your gifting and your, your design. And I think it's so important that people have not, um, thought about their spiritual gifts, um, their strengths. Um, I think that's so important to know, um, because I, I thrive if I am, if I'm asked to do something, um, like I wanted to give, I don't have, uh, the gifts of mercy and I'm not like a children's minister thing. So if somebody asked me to do something that required those things, that's an easy no. That's cause that's pulling me away from, uh, the, the bullseye in my, my wiring. But I think the other thing is uh, capacity and capacity changes. Andrew, I think I shared with you. Uh, I remember when I was like 21, 22 living in your house, you shared this illustration that had um, this diagram that showed as your age increases, um, your capacity decreases. And I remember kind of like snickering at that, like, who is an illustration for? That's for like old people, right? <laughs> but now I'm like in my forties and I'm like, okay, God, like, yes, uh, that's true of me. Like I, I do not have the same capacity. I mean, I, I get tired easily. So I have to go to, I have to set my bedtime now. Um, if I don't, I probably won't want to get up and spend time with Jesus. Um, I, I, I have to, um, you know, integrate exercise and eating, like just being a good steward of, um, you know, my, my physical mental health, cause all that impacts our ability to do things well and with excellence. Um, so I think in, in a lot of ways, busyness, uh, it's a stewardship issue. It's a stewardship issue that God has given us, uh, a calling capacity and unique gifts. And how are we going to steward that? Is it going to be all just kind of whatever all over the place controlled by people, or is it going to be controlled or focused in 
uh, connected to uh, what God is calling us to. And um, then, as you said a little earlier, Andrew, learning how to say no. <laughs> Mm. Learning how to say no. I think some of the most successful people and people I admire are people who know how to say no. Um, so this this idea of knowing what your calling is and and looking through those different frames that you just talked about. So one is just your gifting, and and I would say also your history. What is God? Yes. How, can you discern how God has been shaping you through the people and experiences that He's brought you through? Um, but then also, like you said, the capacity, it's, it's so important and, and it's so true. Maybe a d different way to say that now that I'm a little further down the road is not so much maybe capacity even, but, um, you know, your margin for getting it wrong goes down. <laughs> so mm -hmm. in your twenties mm -hmm. as a single person, if you waste some time, you've, you've kind of got that, that margin, you can still follow through and do the good things that are going to move you forward because you just have an abundance of time. But yes. You know, as you get older, you, you just don't have that same margin for error, so to speak. So if yes. you end up wasting that that afternoon, you can't get that back or, mm. or you know, there's not another empty space <laughs> in, in your schedule because there's other things that are demanding your attention. Yes, that's such a good word. Yeah, that, that's good, Andrew. I like that. Yeah. So so I think. Um, taking the time to be mindful about what it is that God has called you to. I like what you said about prayer. I think that's very important. And I would encourage people if, if you are struggling with some, some uncertainty about what it is that God is calling you to, to get away, maybe take um, a Saturday morning from eight to noon where you just go out and you, you take a pen and some paper, but maybe leave your phone. Don't, don't take the technology and begin to pray and ask God to, to help you discern what it is that he's calling you to in this season. And something that helps me is I think through the people that God has put in my life, you know, who, and, and who are those people? Let's say there's 30 people that come to mind. I, I do try to think about them in, in concentric circles. So who are the people that I need to be most aware of and committed to, to giving of my time and my energy? Um, and then I try to map it out, you know, so that I'm not necessarily um, neglecting the relationships that I think God has entrusted to me in a unique way in order to make time for relationships that perhaps don't need me in that same way. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think of family relationships, but I also think of um, younger generations of people that I have a unique opportunity to invest in and, and share and disciple. Yeah. And I, I wanna be aware of who those people are so that I'm being purposeful about making space. You know, I, I've got that certain amount of margin. I wanna make sure that some of that margin is being allocated to those relationships. And that helps me say no to other things because I've, I've already allocated that block of, of life yes. <laughs> to, to this person or this relationship or, and you do the same thing with activities. What are the opportunities that are before me to serve and, and to minister and yes. which ones do I feel confident that God would want me to step into. And if you get that kind of clarity, then when you do that weekly assessment where you, you take a step back and you look at how you've spent the past week and you think forward, you have those relationships and you have those contributions 
uh, in mind and, and it really helps you begin to say yes to the right things and, and say no to the things that wouldn't fit within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word, Andrew. I, uh, my husband and I use the same exercise. We think about the people in our life and we use those circles in terms of who's in our sphere of influence. And also like the, uh, the, the this, this phrase of, uh, in whose ears are my words big? You know, because I think mm-hmm. sometimes we, <laughs> we want to influence that don't want influence. We want to influence people that don't want our influence. Um, and so you can't disciple anybody that don't want it. Um, so yes, I think for us, you know, what's, what's most important to us are those, those key relationships, um, of people that God has clearly said, these are the people I want you to invest in the season and making sure, um, that we are creating space for, um, for us, discipleship is life on life. It's not just, you know, we do a quick Bible study together, but uh, doing life together, uh, which is, of course, what Jesus modeled in terms of what uh, integrative um, ministry, whole life ministry should look like. I can imagine that some people listening to these these suggestions would think like, OK, that's those are great suggestions for someone who's very task oriented. And, and but it sounds so lifeless and and dead like i just want to be spontaneous i want to be able to say yes <laughs> and and i hope people aren't hearing that although they they might um again i would just go back to that that verse with jesus that he had to learn obedience by limiting himself to the life and the work that the father had sent him to the earth to accomplish and there's there's absolutely an aspect of overcoming busyness that has to do with saying no <laughs> to just this freewheeling, um, moving from one flower to the next, um, wherever the wind blows us, you know, that, that is an approach to life, but that's, that's not an approach that's necessarily going to put you in alignment with the calling that God has on your life. So you, you can have fun, you can enjoy yourself. You can, you can say yes to unexpected opportunities. You just need to know, you need to have that clarity of, who you are and what God has called you to and the relationships, because oftentimes there will be unexpected opportunities that do fit within that, that framework. Uh, And if you, if you're too obligated, you either won't see those or you won't be able to step into them because your time is already maxed out. Yeah, that's a good word, Andrew. And if there's anybody listening who feels like, Oh, I've got to come up with this rigid, regimented, disciplined life to be effective. Honestly, I think I've learned most by uh, believers who um, have a clear sense of calling um, and they are comfortable with being creative. Like it's, it's, it really is learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, you could probably do a whole podcast on that, but honestly, I've learned so much from um, wives and moms who have a heart for Jesus um, and they realized, hey, I, I can't do ministry in the uh, regimented way that I did as a single person or before children. And so I've learned so much that you can actually think outside the box and be effective for Jesus. And so I think creativity has to be a huge part of tackling this thing called busyness. Um, because, um, you know, once you get a nine to five, Um, at the end of the day, (laughs) you know, you just want to come home and eat and go to sleep. But, 
Um, <clears throat> if you're a, a mom, it's like, hey, I take my kids to the park. How can I invite some other women with me? So I think creativity and integration are, 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 are huge. If you work at an office from nine to five, it's like, okay, God, I've been praying for these two guys in the, in the, in the cubicle. I'm going to invite one to go to lunch on Wednesday and another go to lunch on Thursday. So um, it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, this thing that's just so planned or got the person that speaks to me today, I'm going to ask them to go for a walk uh, in, in the neighborhood. So I think it's instead of seeing it as this thing that's got to be perfectly planned, it's about being uh, in tune to the spirits leading and being watchful and mindful of opportunities that are all around us. Um, and, and I think that's why this whole idea of, at least for me, learning how to be fully present um, is actually um, been one of the most life-giving things for me because um, for people who like to be more spontaneous, it makes me feel spontaneous because I didn't say, hey, today I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to go for a walk in my neighborhood. And who's ever at the, the, uh, the pavilion, um, we'll see how you lead the conversation. Will you give me wisdom today? Will you give me discernment on what to say? Will you give me opportunities? And that's fun. So now I'm just kind of like, okay, God, you're just really trying to be led like that rather than trying to control the situation. So, yeah. Busyness is really, I, I, I guess that's what I would want people to take away is that one of the things I wanted to take away is that what we mean by busyness is lots of activity that is not in alignment with what God has called us to. Mm -hmm. Lots of activity that doesn't keep Jesus in focus and that doesn't help us live out the call that he has put in our life. Busyness does not mean that you won't have a lot of things going on. It's just trying to bring those things into alignment with the life that God has called us to. And that's, that's really what I hear you saying is, you're going to be filling your days with certain interactions and activities, um, but trying to purposely align those interactions and activities with the life that, that Jesus has called us to. And if we're not purposeful, we're not going to hit that mark. It's just mm -hmm. the reality. We're, we're going to be busy in ways that that don't fit with the life that that Jesus has called us to. I was thinking about uh, this this audio that Dawson Trotman, who was the founder of the Navigators, he gave a, a talk way back, had to be in the early 50s, because I think he passed away in 53. And it was on, um, I think I think this was Born to Reproduce is the name of the audio. But I'm pretty sure it was in that audio where he talks about busyness being the curse of the age. And uh, mm. he, he, he was referencing a story from the Old Testament where a soldier had been put in charge of some captives, uh, some defeated, uh, a defeated enemy captive. And the story goes that as, as this soldier who was supposed to be standing guard was, was busy with other things, the, the, the captives escaped. And, and he used that to say, you know, busyness was the curse of the age. And here mm. we are 70 years later. <laughs> I think busyness is even more so. It's, it's the curse of our age. It's the thing that's going to keep us from centering our lives on Jesus and from yeah. living in step with, with his call. So I hope folks will, will take that from this, this talk that it's something that we have to be mindful about. Uh, otherwise, 
it's just the, 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 the stream that we move in, the current that we move in is going to dictate for us um, what we're giving our lives to if we're not aware of what Jesus has called us to and, and purposeful about living in step with that. Yeah. Amen. You know, it reminds me of, uh, as you're talking, uh, one of the books I've, I've been reading recently, um, many of you may have heard of it, um, but it's called Surprise the World by Michael Frost, a really, really short book that it's, you know, he says, he calls them the five habits of highly missional people. And there's just five habits that he said anybody can embrace. And it's, 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 again, it's helping you think integratively and it's helping us think creatively as believers on how to be missional in our world in the midst of busyness. And he says, there's really like just five things. And he says, uh, those five things are, uh, learning how to be a blessing to people eating with people. And these are all things that you can find in the gospel that Jesus did learning to listen to people, being a learner, and then lastly, it's, it was more so a, <clears throat> a way you view yourself as seeing yourself as one cent, um, wherever you are, whether it be to your community um, or your, your, your campus or wherever your season of life is. Um, and so, uh, I again, I, I couldn't agree more, Andrew, that um, busyness is, um, we're not talking about busyness in the sense of, you know, how do, how do I, uh, kind of slow down life when there's a season you just can't, but I think it's learning how to steward your capacity and think about what God has given you and just being faithful, uh, right where you are, work, right where you work, live, play and worship. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to that book by Frost in the, uh, the description of the YouTube video and in the show notes for, uh, each podcast platform. Um, Absolutely. We're not talking so much about the pace of life. There, there are going to be seasons where your pace of life is high and the middle years are, that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about this. For those of you who are in your late twenties through your mid forties, that stretch for almost everyone, the pace of life is going to be high. And so that's why we say the, the margin shrinks dramatically. So if, if you're not clear on your calling, you don't know, specifically what the Lord Jesus wants you to contribute, it's really hard for you to live in alignment with those things. And that's where busyness comes in. Not so much your pace of life, but being, being caught up in things that don't fit with uh, the life that, that God has called us to. So mm -hmm. any other resources that you would recommend Patrice, as, as we kind of wrap up this, this conversation today? Um, I, there's another book I've read recently in a similar uh, vein as uh, Michael Frost. Uh, this whole concept is called The New Parish, uh, which is another book that helps people think integratively about their place, their community, their neighborhood, um, and just thinking, uh, you know, strategically about the people who are in their place and how they can be intentional with them. You know, for us, it's so interesting, Andrew, our kids are... Um, 12, 13, and 15. Our oldest son will be 16 soon. And I had no clue that, um, how, or how much their world would open up doors for us to do ministry. Like a huge part of our ministry is to the parents of these kids, um, that sleep over at our house. Um, you know, as our, our, our son is playing sports, 
uh, building relationships with those parents. And it, it is amazing how um, I, I hear some Christians, especially Christians and uh, who are like leaders, um, see their children as like this burden or like distraction to what they're trying to accomplish for God, which is really sad because <laughs> your children, our children are a gift from God. Um, right. So I, I love this idea of um, figuring out how to, and I think Andrew, you did this, like be a coach for a couple of years, like co- coach right. the, the, the team they're on or um, be a part of volunteer at your kid's school. So create space to just live intentionally in the spaces and places that God um, has you in and uh, ask God to give you, you know, faithful men and women that you can disciple in those circles. And I've been amazed at what God has done, just living organically and uh, taking advantage of just like my natural sphere of influence. The new parish, uh, I haven't read that book, but I I am familiar with it. I'll, I'll put a link in in the show notes to that as well. One that I would recommend is Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And this mm. kind of goes back to the idea of not letting media, social media and technology be such a distraction that it becomes a source of busyness for us or it mm. keeps us from being present or being thoughtful about how we're, we're spending our time. So that's a great one that, that I would recommend that I, I think can be very helpful for people who are, who are wanting to set boundaries um, in terms of, of digital media and, and uh, social media in particular. So mm-hmm. I think well, one more injury, I think um, I've really have been encouraged by uh, mentors who have given me just some of the principles from uh, Ignatian practices where you learn how to, uh, do that people so people who are wanting tips on how to do deeper reflection when they're alone with God. Cause I think sometimes people just don't know what to do, but, uh, learning how to reflect, uh, evaluate your own heart where you are with God. And, um, I would strongly suggest looking at some of the Ignatian, um, resources. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, put some of those in the, in the notes as well. Yeah. There, there are spiritual disciplines of engagement and there are spiritual disciplines of withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And yes. oftentimes those of us who are more task oriented, we love the disciplines of engagement because it's something that I can do and we can really chafe at the disciplines of withdrawal, but they're part of how God wants us to, to learn. And, and they're, they're, they're part of how he, enables us to discern what it is that he's calling us to do. So, but like you said, it can be helpful to have um, some sort of structure as you withdraw to, to reflect and, and to seek the Lord. So that's, that's a great recommendation, Patrice. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking with us about this topic. It's something that, um, I think all of us are going to face if you haven't, if you're not already, but hopefully those who are in this season of life in those middle years can uh, pull some things out of this conversation that can help them begin to be good stewards or be better stewards of uh, the life that, that the Lord has given to us. Amen. Thank you for having me, Andrew. We're all in a fight together.